Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to this Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Inkin Kuman, EMEA Marketing Director of HubSpot. How are you doing, Inkin? Very good. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Good to, see, good to have you on here. Tell us... Uh, First, we're going to start with uh, what is marketing like during the current COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, very interesting. Actually, what we've seen at HubSpot, um, we look at some data because we, we like data. So we analyzed some data from the over 70,000 customers we have. And we've seen that um, marketers are sending a lot more emails and a lot more communication is going out to customers. Yeah. But at the same time, people are really responding to it. So people are opening those emails. So open rates are up like 30% plus compared to pre-COVID times. So it's really interesting to see that trend during, during this crisis, really. And I guess the trend that I think will continue as well. Yeah, for sure. I think like we all know, right? People are working remotely. They they have maybe some more time at their hands to do some research, to read more online, and that is is benefiting some some customers and obviously some companies out there. Yeah, I guess the time you normally spend doing your commute to and from work is time you can spend doing this research. Exactly, and I think there, you know, you also see that new formats are coming into play we are talking about podcasts more video content all that is relevant more more than ever really people have the time people want to listen educate themselves um we've seen huge increase in our educational content signups the hubspot academy where we you know give courses on like online marketing huge increase on our end so you can really tell people they also want to learn during this time and also, they don't want to hear in this time a human voice because if they're living alone, it's good to hear someone human they can they can relate to. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I think um, all those new formats are kind of coming into motion now. Where we ourselves, you know, we started a podcast just recently. We call it the Digital Help Desk. Yeah, and it is grown out of the crisis, really. Yeah, same for me because when I was doing my podcast, I suddenly realized that. In this COVID-19 environment, all we're hearing is bad news, how many deaths, how many people are, are, are infected, how long is it before we're going to be able to live our normal lives again? And I thought, why can't you have podcasts which tell people good news? So during this crisis, we have things that are going on that are out of control. But here's what you can do to make to make more bearable. So, for example, talking to you about, about the content marketing, I've talked to people before about who are now offering online lessons in yoga. I've talked about Zoom fatigue remote working, different things that people can relate to and understand and, and make them feel okay. We're not only ones in this boat, others that are like me too. And we can all relate to that. Yeah, there, there is this sense of kind of community at the moment, which I think is really nice among, especially, you know, we are talking to marketers a lot and everybody has the same challenges. Everybody is canceling their events and we're moving to online events. How do you make this happen? You know, it's still possible, but how do you create a really great, remarkable experience um, via Zoom, via like webinar tools. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting to see. And it also, you know, pushes people to innovate in those spaces a little bit more, which um, is kind of a good thing, right? Because I think yeah. something will grow out of this um, where we're going to see maybe new companies even going out of this crisis and new trends, more digital formats. So, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, on that side. I interviewed a guy uh, on a podcast last month who was doing a sales conference. Now it's moved to online and it's going to be uh, 
booked our seminars. So he was telling me how he pivoted and how it was working out. So in a sense, that's the future in some cases. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, what's also been um, a huge point for companies is like, obviously online marketing as a whole, a lot of companies are trying to shift right now, but also online sales. If you can no longer meet your clients, your customers, you're restricted to travel. Um, how do you make this process work? How do you implement like technology that helps you really align with your team while everybody is working remotely? I think that's another area that's really important nowadays. Yeah, I'm just glad this was 20 or 30 years ago where technology wasn't as it is now, not as advanced. And you didn't have a mobile phone you could use to do things or you didn't have a proper computer. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's it's forcing all of us to, to look more on the technology side, but also become a little bit more creative in our outreach um, than we did maybe before. Yeah, and I'm thinking right now, like I remember 20 years ago, uh, when very few would have had broadband connections, so we're trying to work with dial-up, that, that was very slow, and nowadays we need fast connections to do what we're doing work-wise. So it's good that we can do that, and also, if you want to hear the latest news, we don't turn TV on, we can get it on our phones via Twitter, or via apps. Same with marketing now, we can get podcasts and other things, videocasts, that we can, that we can listen to and watch, where 20 years ago we couldn't do that. Yeah, and I think it's really important for people to take the time now to focus on customer needs. I think now is a really good time to review, you know, your, your buyer cycle and how you're looking after your customers because your customers are more important than ever, right? You want to have them maybe survive this crisis, stick around, be there, yeah. you know, when we all come out of this. And I think that's what we try to do is like, really obsess about the customers. What can we do? What can we provide in terms of tools, um, you know, any kind of discounts, um, support in terms of trainings? And I think that is a wise thing to do during this time, to not be overly promotional. Yeah. Actually, what we did is like make really also sacrifices on saying like, we're not going to launch this, you know, big campaign that's going to talk about our new product. Instead, we're really just you know, focusing on what is relevant right now and where we can help. And also, yes, by, by, when you were saying uh, don't uh, focus much on yourself, if you offer stuff like a uh, free seminar, the free podcast, video casts, people appreciate that more because you were thinking of them during these rough times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're not thinking of basically, because some companies might be thinking of, uh, of making money, but if you can do it the way that right now, money isn't important. The important thing for me should be retaining the customers. And if you retain them in the long term, money will come in. Think long term rather than short term. Yeah, and I think like it's it's a good time to reflect. And we did this even in my team to think about you know what are we doing um, right now? What we should maybe stop doing, and, and then make room, make time for other things like the podcast, for instance. You know, we had to sacrifice some other projects for that to make it happen because nobody has endless time um so i think sometimes it's painful yes and yeah. you know it's it's hard to make those decisions but they pay off in the long term as you said and everything in marketing you know as hard as it sounds is a long-term strategy um there's no way to instantly <laughs> become famous and instantly become successful as a com company it's like long-term success especially if we think about seo and search volume organic traffic which is obviously really important um for yeah. anybody to grow a stable business yeah and you're talking about basically how else have, have, have hubspot adopted to remote working 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting question, right? Because um, everybody had to suddenly move remote. We had this kind of time period where, you know, we started um, having some different um, levels in our different offices, depending on the region, like how severe the situation were. And suddenly all our global offices were like shut down. Everybody worked from home. But we were kind of lucky. We had already a lot of people working remotely, including myself. Yeah. I'm remote now that I'm in Germany. Um, even though we have an office in Berlin, I'm not based in Berlin. And we already had, I think, as many people would have been already like the third largest office in, in terms of the amount of people who work remotely for HubSpot. So we've already been quite successful in that setup and had already a good culture in place. We knew the technology and how to do this. But I must say now that everybody is in the remote setting with me, you know, as I am used to the remote setting. It's again, it's different because yeah. everybody is on the same level. <laughs> it's quite interesting in that way. Yeah, and I wonder will that remain in the future? Will help us do a lot more of that, or will it come back to the old way of working? I think we've seen. So we did actually a survey because we wanted to also see how people cope with remote work right now. And I think it's it's hard to compare remote work to a normal remote life because a lot of people have to look after kids right now. You know, it's, it's yeah. maybe not the typical remote work we would do, but over, you know, um, 60% of our people who internally participated with the, the questionnaire said they could see themselves doing more remote work um, in the future. So people got to like it, you know, um, but it took some time. I think if you would have asked people a week into this, people would have, oh, no, I want to go back to the office. And now um, when you ask people, they're like, oh, you know, I have my routine now. And like, I know how to do things. It's actually working out fine. I could see my self-doing more of this and I think so will the company culture shift I think long-term will obviously see more more roles open up to to remote work for sure and I guess for long term for the employee for them it means basically they're spending less money and also they're gonna they're not you know uh traveling to and from work too much so there was less stress involved in travel and everything else and it means they like they've got more time spending with family as well yeah, it's, I think it's all about like balancing that. And like, I don't like to call it, um, you know, work-life balance. I like to call it like work-life integration Yeah. because for me, it's really, you know, work. I, I enjoy my work. I like it. And yeah. I think for me, it's just fitting it into my, my life instead of the other way around. It's kind of like, you know, um, you um, have your times where you say like, here's my focus time and I have meetings, but you can be flexible around those other times during the day where you might pick up your kid from school or anything else yeah that's good because i know that uh, that i'm lucky i don't have any kids that have to worry about but i've got friends who do and 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 for them they've got the balance now that trying to make sure that when they work from home the kids aren't in their way but then on the good side they get to see a lot more of them which is nice when they're growing up yeah i think yeah we obviously also see challenges with that i think that's normal for a lot of parents right now yeah and what we try to do is like offer some activities from a culture perspective where we, you know, have some trainers come in and entertain kids <laughs> for like an hour over zoom, yeah. which uh, turned out as like huge success. Um, and I think that was, um, you know, part of us testing out different formats now, because I think even company culture activities have changed from like doing something in the office to trying to do it remotely. Right. So everything is kind of shifting. Yeah, and I can see long-term team building will be done remotely as well via Zoom or something else. Yes, I think 
now that I I've been in this remote management for two years. Um, so for me, it wasn't new. I always um, was somewhere else and my team is kind of split between um, Dublin and Berlin mainly. Yeah. So um, I was very used to that. And I think it, you definitely require some time together in person to initially build relationships. I think as human beings, we, we definitely need this. Um, but once you have the foundations and you have the trust, I think you can continue building on that. And I think then it, it really works, you know, and it's really fun to work together. And you can connect on, on a deeper level. Yeah. Well, for me, I've always worked where there's Wi-Fi because uh, our technology is on, is on the publication. And as we all freelance as well, there's no point having an office because we're all based all over Ireland. So for me, I work wherever there's Wi-Fi. So working from home to me isn't a big issue. But I know friends who are working in other jobs where they're suddenly not used to remote working. And then they're, they're suddenly stuck home and they're missing their colleagues and how they used to do things. So it's, it's a culture shock as well. It is. And I think it, it takes some time. I think even for us, um, when we started having people remotely, um, it was a shift in the culture as well, right? People need to be aware that if one person is on the Zoom and there, there are 10 people in a meeting room, that everybody should be in a Zoom, in a virtual meeting, because it's a really bad experience if you're the only one on that screen in the meeting room and you're trying to listen to a conversation. Yeah. Um, so I think it requires respect internally, understanding, obviously, and then you know some kind of empathy, obviously. And that takes time and isn't done within like a week. No, I suppose people are, if somebody in an office is an older person, they have to get used to new technology. And then they're probably not used to at least have meetings face to face rather than via Zoom. So when you when they have to get used to that, that's something they got they'll slowly have to uh, adapt to. And some can't do that but others can. Yeah, and I think it's it's a big differentiator in the future in terms of jobs and careers as well. I think more people want to um, have this remote work set up. Um, you're going to stand out as a company if you can offer it. And it's a flexibility for people, you know, especially if you have a life where, you know, you want to have this flexibility, you have whatever, your hobbies, your kids, whatever it is. Um, so I think it's it's way to also retain and attract talent long term, and it doesn't matter where people are going to be based. Then we had a colleague of mine; she was based in Dublin, and that was early on when we kind of slowly went into this remote thing. And she said, "Oh, I want to build a house in Galway, <laughs> and I, I want to move to Galway. I want to live on a farm, and I want to build my own house with my husband." And you know, um, she was in my team, and I was like, "Well." do it. You know, why not? Why would I keep you in Dublin if you want to live in Galway? Um, so we see those, you know, things as well. And then she was really happy to keep her job and we were happy to have her because she was a talent that we really, really wanted to have on the team. Yeah, I think you'll see employees sometime, maybe once a week, touch your work, go, go into the office and rest time they'll be working uh, remotely from home or, or a, a local uh, uh Hub, hub where they can work from as well, which is going to be the new normal thing. Mm, yeah, I think like more co-working spaces are obviously going to open up um, as well. We've already seen that trend, I think, before yeah. <laughs> coronavirus really happened. And I think, you know, when we slowly get back to normal uh, later during the year and moving into next year, I'm sure there's lots of innovation in that space happening and more companies are going to be pushed to think about remote culture and work. Because yeah, I think the one thing, when you're working from home, you miss the camaraderie of your colleagues. 
having lunch or, or meeting at the, at, at the water fountain. Whereas if you're in a, uh, working together in a remote working hub, you bring that bit back, which is what they miss the most, a human person to talk to face-to-face rather than uh, via Zoom or Skype. Yeah, and I think, you know, what I also like about remote work, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit between introverts and extroverts. Yeah. Because um, everybody gets the same chance to collaborate and to stand out in meetings. And I think um, it makes a very comfortable environment because, um, you know, everybody has the same same way to communicate during the meeting. Um, there's no kind of, you know, back and forth between only extroverted people yeah. <laughs> happening. Um, it's kind of like a nice atmosphere that is created. And it's good. It works for teamwork as well. Yeah, I guess it does because people are now probably more relaxed and less pressure. Mm, yeah, for sure. Now getting back to uh, behavior, have you noticed much changes in behavior in your customers? Yeah, obviously we see that people... I, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market right now. Um, I think everybody knows this. So um, customers are looking for help a lot. I think they're reaching out. They want to learn new things. They want to have training. Um, they want to learn the technology better, onboard more people on their team to the software and say, okay, now everybody is using the CRM. Now everybody has to be hands-on with it. And suddenly there's the time, right, to spend on it. Um, I think what was always neglected maybe before a little bit, uh, is now focus and people have to upskill. I think it's nice to see that people finally have the time to also upskill on technology. Um, and I think we try to help as much as possible, obviously on the educational side. Um, and we've also seen trends, right? I think, yeah. you know, during March, April, it was chaos, I think, for everybody because it, the situation, depending on where you were, changed every day. Pretty much was news every day. And now we see it calming down a little bit more. Like places are opening up again. Germany has opened up uh, again. And people are coming back into normality. And um, I think businesses also see this, um, I think, as well. Yeah, and in Ireland we're doing that. We've got here a roadmap. And every few weeks or months we're, we're opening up further. And, on, and for next Monday, hopefully, we're going to open up more smaller businesses that are going to be open again. And I think by the end of September, early October, it should be hopefully back to normal. That's our intention. Yeah, I, I think we're a little bit ahead, obviously, compared to to you guys. Yeah, and um, you can see that you know people are also looking to go outside and to meet friends again and all that kind of stuff. Uh, where people missed out, and I, I think especially for kids right now as well to um, have some time, maybe go back to school once a week. We have introduced that in some areas here. And um, I think it's it's needed for the economy um, as well. Yeah, well, earlier today I went out for a walk for the podcast, and I met a friend of mine I haven't seen in nearly three months. And he was out, and it was just great, great to actually meet him again, have a chat with him. It's been so long. I've talked to him again on the phone, but to see them in person is a lot different. And I guarantee, you, when we get back to normal, we're going to enjoy enjoy a lot more of that. Yeah, hopefully, you know, like leave the smartphone uh, in your bag and not on, on the table when you're going out for dinner, things like that. Maybe people get to appreciate the human contact a little bit more out after this. Yeah, like my, my father used to tell us when we're having dinner, put your phone away. But I think they appreciate how much the phone is right now to, to our lives. That without the phone, we wouldn't have, we couldn't live our normal life now because it keeps us sane and happy to be in contact with our friends with it. 
Yeah, it's interesting to see, right? Because um, I think now I've also connected um, a little bit more even with my friends um, on a daily basis than before, because, you know, when life is so hectic and you run from one place to the other and you're like, you know, traveling here and there, you're going to work, um, you never get to like have a phone call or anything like that. And um, you always push it out. It's like, oh, we'll meet next week. And then something comes up and you're like, oh, we'll meet next week. Um, So I think... That definitely got prioritized again. I, I could tell from my personal experience. So actually got to spend a little bit more time talking to people. Yeah, and for me, the good thing is, like, when I get up in the morning, I look at my phone, and I can look through my emails during the day, and I can decide when I'm my computer on to do some work, or if it's a quiet day, when not to do some work. So it gives you that flexibility now of being able to decide when, when you can work or not work. Yeah, it does. I think um, it's it's good in that way. I think, you know, especially for people who like to get up early or who like to work later, um, it's obviously that creates much more flexibility. And I see this um, in my team as well. Like there are definitely preferences. I'm, I'm not an evening person. I really don't enjoy sitting there at like 9 p.m. trying to finish something. But yeah. some people are really effective in the evening. Well, for me, for example, if I get up in the morning and I see one or two emails, a better, a better a story to write about. That's fine. Okay, I've got two to write about, and I know it won't take me long to do them. I can leave it all. So I can go and have a shower, and then when I get out of the shower and breakfast, I can then go and work on it. And it's no, it's no big deal. But when I see 10 emails coming through that are important, I then got to prioritize, and that's, and that's good that the phone can give me the option. Oh, yeah, I can respond to a few of them via the phone, and the rest I'll respond to on my computer because I need to get some more information. Mm, yeah. Nice to have that. I guess basically... Content marketing has changed and evolved a lot over 20 years. What do you think will happen uh, with it now and it has happened in the past and now and in the future? Yeah, I think a lot of areas that we briefly mentioned already, they're, they're going to you know, definitely push for more innovation, like events. One, one area for marketing that's very relevant right now. I think we're going to definitely see people be more creative and innovative in how to host them online, how to make them more you know, interactive, because I think this is the whole thing why you go to an event, you know, you want to network, you want to talk to people. I think um, we're thinking about it. Um, We usually have our inbound conference of 25,000 people coming to Boston in person, traveling there. And we're going to have this virtually this year. So first time we're doing it. um, And we are thinking about how do we make a difference? How do we not have it be a webinar experience, but a little bit more interactive where people can engage and show emotions and that kind of stuff. So I think we will certainly see innovation in that space. Collaboration work, working together, tools that enable working together. Um, We've already seen Slack being super successful there, but I can see much, much, much more happening in that space. And then I think for companies, to um, really innovate this year if they have the opportunity to think about being more customer-centric. So hopefully, you know, something good will come out of this um, period of time where we have to maybe reflect and we have the time to kind of leave the chaos behind and um, start to think about the next two years and how things could be different for our teams, our culture, our company. And I guess at times you can see if you can pivot into into new way of working and maybe you've got a product that you didn't see need of before and now with COVID nineteen you're suddenly feeling, oh this product can be used now and we're gonna pub- we're gonna use it a lot more and, and make sure it's been used a lot more because it fits in with the current climate and what we're living in. Yeah and I think like even you know when you think about conversational marketing, 
um, people want to connect with brands more than ever. We've seen that like huge increase in um, proactive outreach to companies um, from customers. They want to connect, but they want to connect instantly over chat, you know, um, yeah. talking to humans, talking, finding information, maybe through chatbots very easily and quickly. And I think that um, innovation, especially in the SMB sector, has been lagging a little bit because people were like hesitant, you know, it requires time and obviously um, you need to log into the technology. But that will be another wave coming in the coming months and a year ahead of us. Yeah, and also I'm thinking of AI machine learning can help that happen as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's another thing I think that, you know, goes alongside that. Um, how does the chatbot learn? How does it become more smart, smarter in the way it can kind of respond to things and know when to hand off to a human being or not? Um, I think that there are a lot of opportunities there. And I think in terms of marketing automation as well, right? Yeah. Um, how do we optimize our customer journey? How do we filter through um, the right things and kind of bring in the right leads for our sales team to talk to? Um, that is going to be more relevant, I think, in the coming years. Yeah, and I guess the important thing is when you want to talk to a human being, the AI machine learning will actually help as much as they can and then when it realizes it can't do any more it knows this is time to hand you over to a real person that can give you what you want we've done our best yeah and i think that's what it should be i think you should never you know you should never uh kind of say like i'm a human being but it, it is in real life it's it's actually not yeah uh, it's a bot you should always be super open with your customers because <laughs> i think setting the wrong expectations um that can also do more harm than uh, any good, I think. Um, so transparency comes first in yeah. that regard. And I think as well, there comes time when, when the bot itself knows it's done all they can to help you, and if you can help you any further, it's then time for the bot to introduce you to a real human being that can help you as well. That's important. Yeah, too. I think like human contact is still going to be um, important. I think we, we all like to talk to people, and we all like that kind of you know human being connection yeah and um i think you know that's not going to go away i think the people are always afraid like oh you know that that's going to replace people but it's actually going to just help people be more effective in the job that they need to do because it's going to filter out all those questions that they get like a million times a day that it's always the same answer to and you know that's going to help be more effective yeah the worst thing is when you somebody asks you what time do you close or when do you open stuff that they should already and <laughs> If you can have a bot that actually can decipher that and means the people left, real people in the company, are doing the real jobs and not doing meaningless tasks that they can make mistakes in because it's so mundane and boring, it's better for them. Yeah, and I think, you know, that like taking that even further, like with the bot, um, I think as well you have to think about um, times where you know, people are going to be much more on their mobile phones. I think like, you know, trends are showing that like the traffic is going to grow massively. I think, um, you know, from mobile devices, um, it's going to be seven times larger maybe in 2022. So um, optimize for mobile. Now is the time if you have um, set time aside for this strategy, then, you know, you're on the right path there. Yeah. Um, it's no longer just desktop. No, I think desktop had its time, but now when you're all working, most people now realize that you're going to be using mobile devices a lot more to do things. And that's when you got to make sure your company is prepared to actually deal with that. And if you can't, now is the time to do it. What else are you doing? 
Yeah. And I think like, um, you know, alongside that comes like making the content accessible on mobile phones. Nobody wants to fill out 12 field form <laughs> to get to an ebook on a, on a mobile phone. Yeah. Um, so increasing that, um, you know, experience on, on the mobile phone and making sure that your content is, is accessible. We've seen this with video a lot. People want to have subtitles. They don't want to, you know, be somewhere outside and then turn on their audio if they don't have any headphones, things like that. They definitely play a role. And um, we are such visual people, I think, um, yeah. as marketers and everywhere people prefer visual content um, over written content. So I think um, that's why you see it also working so well in like platforms like Facebook and LinkedIn, stuff like that. And for me, I'm thinking if somebody basically was going out for a daily walk, they can now listen to podcasts on their mobile device and keep up to date with what's going on in the real world as well. Yeah. Because I'm used to that. I'm used to when I go for a walk, I just think, what podcasts will I listen to and, and go and, 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 and put them on and just play them. And so if somebody wants to, wants to learn from you guys or somebody out there or from here, what I'm doing or anything else, a podcast is there and it, it can be heard any time, day or night, which is great. Yeah, it's very accessible for, for anybody, I think. And um, I love it when I'm in the car, I listen to stuff, you know. Um, it's a good use of time as well. Yeah. Um, whenever you're traveling and you don't need as much broadband as for watching a movie or anything like that. So it's Yeah. Good. And I, I can think this is going to bring back Renaissance again in podcasting because right now, what else have we got to do? And it's good to hear a human voice. Yeah, it is. I think it's it's nice to connect and like especially as a brand trying to create a community, you know, among your customers, among the people that follow your brand. I think um, now is the time because you see in the day or people are really open to it. Yeah, and the good thing is with a podcast or content like that, if you're sharing that for free and your clients are actually downloading and listening and reading what's going on from what you guys are producing, they can tell some of their friends, oh, by the way, or, or business clients or business contacts, uh, I've got this great new way of, of doing their marketing and uh, it's all because we heard it on the HubSpot uh, podcast. Yeah, it's all about creating brand awareness. And I think, um, you know, as we said, it's a long-term investment. Yeah. Um, you really want to go the inbound way. You you don't want to be pushy. You want to be helpful. You want to add value before you distract, um, extract value um, from the contacts, from the people connecting with you. So that's always the way to think about it. Because I'm looking, when I do a podcast, my aim is, in the long term, I'm going to benefit somebody. In the short term, not. But in the long term, they're going to come back and they're going to go, oh, I heard some of your podcasts about security during COVID-19. And some of the tips in your podcasts uh, really helped me and reassured me and my, my work colleagues how to do things. Or like we're talking today about marketing. Some of the tips and things you're talking about right now, they go, oh, yeah, I heard about that. And because of that, I, I, I went to the HubScott uh, website and I found their podcast. And they give you so much help and tips. It's great. Yeah, I think uh, like if you haven't done any of that, you know, my advice is start now. Start creating content. Start thinking about like topics. You are the leader in your industry and like you know your things. I think a lot of companies don't realize how much knowledge they have internally and how many experts they have even in their own you know, a team who can talk about different topics. And I think people want to know about this, um, no matter what industry, no matter what service you offer, it's always like, especially in niche industries, 
um, there's always interest. So I think as long as you can find search traffic for terms, you also know that there are people looking for the information. Yeah, and also another thing I find interesting is that if you got somebody in your company right now and not doing much because of what's happening, if you tell them we're, we're creating new podcasts, we're creating new content for our customers, would you help us create one of these pieces, make them feel more valued? And then if that's the case, they're happy to do more and more and more of this and then become an expert in the area. Yeah, and I think like um, one thing um, that kind of you know connects with that is like the the communication that we've included um, our internal teams with, and like you know encouraging people to be brand ambassadors as well. Um, talk about the things that you're creating as a marketing team, as a business content that you're pushing out. Um, that's helpful, that's educational to share that on social media. Because everybody who works at a company is a brand ambassador, even if you don't want to be one, um, you're connected to that company immediately because people know, oh, well, this is Paul. Paul works for Facebook. So he um, is connected to that brand and um, has a voice. Yeah, and a voice in a positive way as well. You're, you're sensitive and positive and trying to uh, re- reassure them that no matter what's going on, we're here to help you any way we can. Yeah, definitely. Before we finish, anything else you want to add the podcast or you think we've covered a lot? I think that's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making sure that, we, that there's nothing else you feel you might want to mention because I think we did cover a lot, but I always ask that to make sure that we've, we've, we've covered it all. No, I think, I think like really happy. I think we went through like a lot of different things, so all good on my end. That's good. Thanks very much for that, Inca, and uh, have a great day. Yeah, thank you so much, Ronan. Thanks, bye. Bye.